Sunday morning with God wasn't God in the house this morning. Oh yeah. It was just amazing what happened that young lady. See the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. See the Holy Spirit. She didn't mind touch from the Lord too. She really knew. But she got the Holy Ghost. So yeah, uh, praise the Lord. And then I think there are her siblings that were with her. And, uh, exactly. Praise the Lord. Of course, we have Sunday night service next Sunday. Amen. So we've got a great week coming up. Amen. Amen. Lots to do, things to do at the church, and, uh, and a great opportunity. So please, I just encourage you around 6 30. Monday night, if you're not in Bible college, just come in here and have some prayer with me. I'll be here, and Tuesday night we'll do the same. Then we'll come here on Friday night, and of course, follow that up on Saturday. Brother Jason. Yeah. Give God praise, hey? This is something that the world doesn't understand. The world doesn't understand why we love God so much because they haven't fought the walls that we have in the Lord. If, if, if the world knew when, what we were going through, what battles we were going through, what wars we were facing, then they'll have a better understanding of why we got, give God praise like we do. It's, it's like the saying, like, like my, my, um, my granddad, he was in the, in the war and... He didn't quite come back the same. He, he, he was a bit damaged coming back. But I remember something that he told me, is that he was uh, in the trenches with someone he didn't really like. He was in the trenches that he didn't really like, that normally they would not uh, talk to each other. But because they were fighting in the same trenches in Vietnam, right? he was a truck mechanic and they got in a bit of a, bit of a fight. They were in the same, because they had to rely on each other to watch each other back and fight the enemy off, they became the best of friends. And, they, and together, out in uh, uh, Austinville, they started a train model club where you could ride on these life, like real trains, real steam engine trains, that you can ride on it and go all around. So that was, that was how my grandfather coped coming back from the war. But he always said that you, the, the best friendships are born through battle. It's when you go through a battle, when you go through a hard time, that's when uh, you forge these friendships. And I think a lot of people are missing out because they ignore God, they, they fare with the fake type people, and when things get tough, they forget God and go back to their vomit. Instead of sticking out, out with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord of Hosts, the one that can man all these angels that come down and back for you, they decide to pack up their bags, pack up their wickets and go home. And, and that's a, such a shame because if they just stuck with God, they just stuck with them, they would have had a testimony that would have been life-changing. Marriages go on for 10, 20, 30, 50 years because of why? They've all gone through a struggle. They've all gone through a struggle and by the end of it, they are bonded together. Beauty only lasts for a season. You, you get your wife pregnant a couple of times, she's not a size 8 anymore. <laughs> and I say that with almost, with utmost respect. 
I'm just putting it in a way that you understand that this life is but a vapour. We need to focus on things eternal. Alright, so let's give God the praise. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you to speak to your people today. Speak to them in a language that they understand, Lord. Lord, you know what they are going through, Lord, so I am counting on you, Lord, to minister to their hearts, Lord, to, to counter this message that is right for them in their due season, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my daughter's into Japanese. Everything Japanese. Sushi, the, the, the anime, everything Japanese. She loves Japanese. And so one day when I was on the Gold Coast, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about this Japanese soldier. My ears pricked up because I thought this might be a great talking point to have with my daughter since she's a big Japanese fan. Anyway, I looked up this character. His name is... Haru Odana, and I'm probably murdering his name because I cannot pronounce my R's. I am a redneck Townsville, Townsvilleian. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, I'm a preacher, so what I say go. So Haru Odana was a World War II Japanese soldier. All right. He was uh, left on an island in the Philippine island of Lubang. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm the preacher, so that's what it is. On December 25th, 1944. So if you can picture it back in 1944, uh, German army discovered how to use the U-boats. They started, started blasting out the, uh, most of the ships and the war was pretty intense by then. Uh, and uh, it, it, it was at the height of the war, anyway. So, um, but uh, Lieutenant Haru Odana was commanded to carry on a mission that even if Japan surrendered, for them never to surrender. Hmm. So, when the war finally did end, all efforts to capture and convince Lieutenant Haru Odana failed. He was really good at staying hidden. Not only that, he, he was still doing his mission. He was still popping people off and setting traps and all these things that army people do, thinking that the war's still going. Over 30,000 men were sent looking for this bloke. 30,000 men were used to try and locate him. Over half a million dollars was spent just to try and convince him that the war was over. And I'm talking everything. I'm talking loudspeakers going past, helicopters, you know, like in March, a helicopter with loudspeakers going down, the war is over, like this, pamphlet droplets. Over half a million dollars was spent trying to get this guy to surrender. But he never surrendered. He refused to believe that this, he, he thought it was a trap. He thought it was a trap. And you know, any other day it, might have, it could have been. We could have been, we know of uh, the Japanese, uh, there was a, so off the top of my head, the Japanese did something one time where they came in and said, oh no, the war's over, we're coming in peace, rah, rah, rah. and then they ended up shooting a whole heap of people. So, so, um, Warfare, mental warfare, this manipulation type stuff 
exists. It's always exists. It even exists in the spiritual. So what we see in the physical and what nations do against nations and advertising and stuff like that is not a new thing. Amen. So Haru Odanda got a message. He got a message that was from the Empire's channel. And so he got the message and he started to make preparations to find out if this was a, a legit thing. Because this could have been some sort of trick. He spent two days. He spent two days. He left, left just there on dusk, on dusk. He knew the train quite well. He's been there for over 30 years. He knew the train um, quite well and he went around. He spied out the letter. Now the, 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 the thing was he was to look for a yellow tent and then there was his superior officer and all that that was supposed to be there. So he ran around and it took him a day and he ran around and he made sure, he did scope the whole area, made sure there was no booby traps or there's no armies laying in wait. That was not a trap. Anyway, sun goes down, sun goes up. He waits for a full day again to see if the enemy would attack. Satisfied that the enemy... Uh, that this was legit, he approached and he met his old superior officer who's uh, gone on a bit in years. And uh, finally on March 10, 1974, 30 years after the war had ended, mind you, he handed his rusty sword after receiving personal command from his former superior officer and read the terms of the ceasefire. So then there was a big problem. Because this soldier's been so active for 30 years after the war has ended, he had to step up and be, uh, he had to see the Filipino president. So he went to the Filipino president and he handed his sword, right? So he, had, he got his sword, you know, like, handed it to, okay, sorry, no, sorry all the, for the bad, you know, no, no harm's feelings, you know. Handed it to President Macross, uh, who then pardoned him, and the war was finally over. Whew. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could survive in a jungle for 30 years. Where would he shop? Where would he go? Who did he talk to? Hi, Mum. Radio silence. But see, we, we, we're not in the same state. We're not, we're not fighting a war like that. Our wars are more of a... A spiritual war. Amen. And uh, John identified this like this. Uh, St. John said, uh, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, unto the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. Amen. Amen. And I, and I see it. I see it now. I, I see it on the news. I see how uh, we've, we've, you know, Bible prophecy is, is just being fulfilled before our eyes. Amen. Amen. Never before have I seen so many people with doctrinal knowledge getting so confused. Never before have I seen uh, pressures, or, uh, pastors and preachers of, of being pressured, having the pressure, you know, they, they, want, they, want, to, they want to get out. They want to exit the ministry, but they, they stay in there, you know, I guess that's a good thing, but it's not a good thing, but inside their heart, they, they really want to give up. 
They are burning out. They like, I don't know what to do anymore. Maybe it's just better if I just give up on, on this church thing and just look after myself. Because we are living in an unthankful generation. You bend over backwards to hurt, help someone and they bite your hand. Amen. There's never been a big, uh, never been a time where we are, to, we are succumbing to a lesser form of commitment. I don't know, church, church goes these days are not as uh, holy as they were before, not as uh, enthusiastic for the things of God. Not, they don't live by, seem to be living by a standard. I was shocked one day when I found out a guy was Christian because only two seconds before he's swearing and cursing like a, a sailor. And then he tells me he's a Christian. And uh, so, you know, I kept my mouth shut, you know. But um, another guy, another person that's really good in warfare, and this, this guy, you can look him up, uh, Timothy uh, um, Lee Thomas. Now, this guy's a military strategist. And he came up with the paper, The Mind Has No Firewall. The Mind Has No Firewall. Your computer has a firewall, you put it there. Right? Your TV has a firewall, I guess, to a certain degree, you can turn it off and change the channel. But do you know that your mind does not have a firewall? Yeah. There are different ways that things are taken in, it's through your eyes, through your ears, smell, you know? So it, it's no, it's no um, surprise these days that the generation today has been bombarded by propaganda. Yeah. It's not just leaflets anymore. It's not some dude um, cruising around in a jeep saying the war is over, give up. This is in your, in your face 24-7. It's in your face. It's on the TV. So much so you don't know what's true and what's not. Because there's money to be made out of propaganda. There's money to be made out of your demise. Sex sells. You heard that say, sex sells. The more eye candy they can put in front of you, the more they can get you on that page. Arguments, discord, sowing arguments among people. That was something that came out in Facebook, that they deliberately... Um, made the algorithms to keep you engaged through arguments with your other fellow men. Their algorithms actually make you depressed. And so what happens? We get depressed. We don't go to God. Why? Because I'm depressed. I'm a loser. Those fair weather people, they don't come to God because they're not feeling like coming to God. Amen. Well, a time we live in, Peter called it an untowards generation. Man, he could say that about our generation today. And why, the, why men die? Spirits of men don't. And I'm going to talk, tell, give an example about the, the story of a couple of guys that gave uh, um, Nehemiah a hard time. See, Nehemiah had a calling upon his heart. Jerusalem was wrecked. It was ransacked. He had a calling. He, he knew something was wrong and he knew that if he didn't step up to plate, 
that things are not going to get better. He had it in his heart, you know what, I'm going to get my life in order and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something for God and I'm going to start building this wall again so we don't have these enemies start coming in and just, just uh, ransacking us. He decided to do something about it. These spirits of these men are called, uh, and I'm going to murder their names, Sanballat and Topoth, you know, I call them Toshiba. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they give me such hard names, but they do. Right? They try to talk down young Nehemiah, try to get him to quit. Amen. And, and they weren't empowered by the internet. They weren't empowered by television. But um, there's a saying that everything's the same under the sun. Well, that might, be, uh, that might be the case, but the Lord, the Lord was talking to me the other day. We were having this conversation. And I was getting guidance because I see, I see the youth. And, I, and the conversation, I, I can't go into exact details because I don't remember it all, but the Lord and I were talking about, you know, nothing's new on the sun. But I said to the Lord, well, the sun seems to be rising up quicker these days. Because at my age, the youth, youth of today are exposed to more than I was exposed at my age at that time. See, the enemy is getting, getting in through the breaches of our walls. There's a, whole, there's, a, there's, a wall, there's a massive wall down in our society. The moral standard code of modern day society has collapsed so far down that they can put something on TikTok and the youth are eating it up. Mums and dads don't know about it because they're not on TikTok. They've got to face the evils of Facebook. And so in the space of 10 years, we've gone from TikTok, or from Facebook to TikTok, uh, to Snapchat, to Discord, sowing Discord. There's stuff going on there that'll make your skin crawl. And these youth of today are not ready for it. Every day, like, I'm not ready for it. I had to come off social media just to get my life back in some sort of kilt because I was getting sucked in. Praise the Lord. This questions our faith. These tend to lessen our efforts. You happen to ignore your walk and you forsake your calling. And it happens in different ways through being um, preoccupied with something like that or too engrossed in these things that are going on. You ignore the prophecies of God. I know some people that think everything's hunky-dory and that God's not coming back. And yet I'm wigging out in a good way. <laughs> I had my best mate, Timmy, Give me a call saying, Vorzi, that's what he calls me. Vorzi, I'm coming up. <laughs> now, those that don't know the, uh, the story, backstory about my best mate, he was an atheist just like me. 
He is seeing what I've been talking about for the last 20 years. And he goes, Vozzi, are you Notadamus? Go, no, mate, I just know my Bible, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going through a stage. You know, you get married, you go for church for a while, and then you dip out after a couple of months. I thought it was just a phase. I go, no, mate, I'm 100%. Anyway, praise the Lord, he's going to Don Monterelli's church. So, amen. But all that would not have happened if I did not hold the line. And that's what I'm preaching about tonight. Guys, you've got to hold the line. I don't know where you're at right now. I know I've been in pretty dark places. And the only thing that kept... I've been depressed. I'll admit it. I've been depressed. And the only thing that kept going is you've got to hold the line. Because if I give up, what example is that for my children? If I forsake my walk in the Lord, what is that saying to my daughter who's been hammered right now? I can't fight her battles for her. She's a teenager. She's got to find her own faith. It's a hard thing for dad to teach. I back her up in prayer. That's all I can do. But there's propaganda hitting my daughter. I tell you what, and I know about it. And I guess, you know, I'm looking around and I can see most of you have been hit by propaganda too. And I'm just a bro. I'm just your brother saying to you, just hold the line. Just hold the line. Because like I said before, this is the battle where God shows up for you. See, so there's things that you don't know about God that you've yet to come to know. There's little art, there's things about little warfare stuff, little things about little tactics, things about you that you can get taught on that you don't know about if not you go through this stage that you're going through. I'll give you an example. I used to do drugs. I used to do drugs, and I'm not proud of that. But you know what lesson I got out of it? Is that I learnt for fast for three days, and I know I knew that God could deliver me out of those drugs. I've been clean ever since. But do you know something else? I understand the warfare of my flesh. When my body's wigging out, when my body wants to crave a substance that God's given me the ability to stand and hold the line. And so, drugs is a chemical addiction, yeah? What about something else? What about in your pituitary gland with all those likes and stuff like that that Girls seem to like so much. They, they tend to post a lot, you know, little shots of themselves so they can get likes and follows. That's a drug too, paturity stuff, things in the back of your brains, things that, things that make you want to... It's an addiction. These things are designed to addict you. 
the ads, everything's designed to do that. So we all have our own Achilles heel, yeah? We all have, we're all tempted by the same things, but not, not all the same things make us weak. You know, for me, it's, I'm weak if you make me angry, then I'll sin out of my weakness. Part of my addiction was tied into spite. So you get me worked up, I get spiteful. I'm teaching something deep here. I'm teaching how God, through your battle, can teach you how to win the war. And I'm using my example because that's the best way I can put it. Alright, so just say my wife and I have an argument. Right? It will trigger something inside me that makes me, go, makes me bitter, makes me spiteful. That happened from an injury from parents divorcing and stuff like that. It's, all these things all come together. God knows how you tick. So then I'll go off in a huff and I'll go down to the, cigarette, go down to the store and buy some cigarettes. God taught me that. God taught me that it was spite, these little things that drive me to do these things. So also, so you understand now that if you, if you come off drugs and stuff like that and you're wigging out, you've got an understanding that you might have certain desires that you have that you don't act on because you know it's not the will of God. And because you love God and because you know what God's best, you stick, you hold the line. And when you hold the line, the blessing comes afterwards. See, that's where you get the joy of the Lord because you go through enough battles, the joy increases because you've got remembrance. You've got an army man you have backed up. Amen. Amen. The enemy will use every tactic to take us down. Jerusalem was... Uh, Jerusalem... Uh, was real building the walls and the, uh, that the enemy was destroyed. And the devil doesn't like us rebuilding something that he's destroyed. He just wants that. He doesn't want you to have a hedge. He said that to, to Lot. Oh, what does, uh, does, uh, sorry, Job, does Job worth, uh, worship you for nothing? You've got a hedge around him. Of course he'd be uh, blessed, ble- uh, praising you. You've got a hedge. He's like blessed. Amen. 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 Just got to hold the line, guys. You don't have to have it together. No, if, you're waiting to, if you're waiting to have it together, you never get it together. <laughs> you never get it together. Like God broke an arm. I'll go to the hospital when I'm fixed up. Yeah. What? See, <laughs> so the reason why we dis- get discouraged and quit is because we give up too soon. We j- just because we don't see anything happening doesn't mean that God's not working. How many know that it took like God like eight hours or so for him to part the Red Sea? Does anyone know why it took him so long to do that? Because you had the chariots up and he was holding them back 
for the foot soldiers. He wanted to do it one hit, one trip, do it in one trip. So he holds them back so the foot soldiers can hurry up, catch up with the, catch up with the uh, chariots. Then he passed the Red Sea, then they get across, then he swamps. That God knows what you don't know. And I guess that's the thing where we, where, how we uh, earn trust. See, when you're in a moment of weakness, when you're most vulnerable, that's where trust is earned, is built. When you're vulnerable, when something can go a certain way and it doesn't, you're weak, you go, oh, I don't know if I can trust this person or trust this situation, it can go a certain way. And you go, you know what, I'm going to just step back and I'm going to let it play out. When you let it play out, you find, ah, I can trust. Because you've put your faith that God will do something. He's been faithful. Now you can say, oh, yeah, I can trust you more. Amen. But you won't go that without a moment of weakness. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The war wasn't even complete. Uh, uh, sorry, I've, lost, I've gone off my track. Um, when the enemy came to, to talk Nehemiah down, uh, I was reminded, oh yeah, this is nothing. I was reminded, see, Nehemiah said, I am doing a great work. What you're doing is not for naught. What you're doing, don't take it for granted. You're not doing a silly thing. By you focusing on your salvation, by you living right, it's not for nothing. You're saving yourself a world of hurt, plus um, you're, you're, you're entering in the kingdom of God and you're going to bless others. Amen. Amen. You're doing a great work. And um, when he said that, you know, I thought, well, the, the war wasn't complete then. It wasn't even close. So God wants me to remind you that you don't have to have it together for God to be in it. You don't have to have all the pieces in place for God to sanction it. You don't have to have a perfect life, a perfect home, a perfect marriage, a perfect church, a perfect ministry for God to be doing something in you. Amen. Being confident of this very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it. And that's Philippines um, chapter 1 verse 6. That's a promise. Amen. Let God continue to work in you. Don't give up on him now. Amen. Regardless of where you are in the process, in the process, it is still a good work and is worthy of your prayer, devotion, toil, sacrifice, effort, faith, blood, sweat and tears. Amen. And even though the enemies are trying to get you to come down, because your life isn't perfect, perfect, and he'll remind you every day. He'll tell you that there's something missing. You're not smart enough. You're not cute enough. Well, I've got new, good news. You don't have to be. <laughs> Why do you think Brother Jason's standing up here? <laughs> Amen. Amen. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And this is the thing that, that I love about God because so much we hang our hat up on what we strengths and we get all caught up in our weaknesses. But if we just lean on God in our weaknesses, 
We get this deeper aspect of the Lord that we never had before. Amen. You don't have to be pretty enough. But I've got some scriptures here. <laughs> For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people and will beautify the meek with salvation. You don't have to be wise enough. For God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. You don't have to be talented enough. God can do all... Uh, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You don't have to be spiritual enough, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God is to who God who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. Amen. When I'm not enough, God's enough. Amen. You say, I'm not somebody, I say, who cares? <laughs> Nehemiah wasn't a somebody, he was a nobody. He was a cupbearer. The only thing that Nehemiah did is he said, you know what? Cool, I've got, I've got a full-time gig being a cupbearer. I'm going to serve the king of kings. So, yeah, I've got a job with the king of kings, a king. I'm going to get a job with the king of kings and I'm going to start putting my hands to work. Amen. 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 And uh, only a few pages in the Bible. Amen. Only a few pa pages in the Bible that is in there, but yet I'm preaching about him. And so one day I hope to see one of all you guys in heaven and go, remember that story? Remember this when we were rolling and, and this happened that, that oh man I thought we were so dead <laughs> Praise the Lord The Lord saved me from getting beaten up Amen I've made mistakes have you made mistakes Yeah Here's some characters that made mistakes Abraham lied He was scared so he lied to try and get out of trouble Moses killed someone. David had an affair. Peter betrayed Jesus. So um, my advice to you is to shake off that bad juju in your head, that bad voice, Yakuza, the brethren, just shake it off. Because the only voice that matters is who you are in God. God matters. Don't worry about anyone else. You know, I, I might say something nice to you today, but... You know, it's, it's God. If you can please God, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Amen. Because you're accountable to him. You can't come down now. You, got, you can't, you can't, you've got to hold the line. Don't, you know, you can't give up. Amen. Because there's more work that God's got to do in you. You're not finished yet. The time you're finished, you'll be taken up in a, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. Amen. My meat is to do the will of him that has sent me and to finish his work. Amen. God's not finished with you yet and you are very important. Amen. There's no such thing as retirement, so get busy. <laughs> Amen. No matter where you are in life, there's still work to do. 
You, you are needed on the wall. Now I'm, bringing this, I'm, now I'm taking this not just personal salvation, but I'm talking about getting some territory back from the enemy, building the church up, building, building the walls in the church so we can have people coming in and we're not having an enemy coming and take people out. Amen. Amen. We need people to evangelise within the church. Help a brother or sister out. Talk to them. Say, hey, how are you going? Amen. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labour of love, for which he had shown, which you have shown towards his name, and ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Hebrews 6.10. Amen. God is calling us, he's entrusting us to build the church, to build, build up the wall. As we build our own line of defence, we move on and build a buffer with the church. The church is there as your network, as, as, your, as, your, as your people to, to, to battle with. Sometimes things get hard. Sometimes get, things get hard and sometimes you just need someone to bounce off. Someone to relay a signal that's got distorted. You've got a message. It's not coming through clear enough because you're, you're not hearing right. You bounce off a brother who's got acute hearing. Oh yeah, this is their orders to go. This is right. Amen. Amen. So in closing, you don't have to have your name up in lights to be something great. You just getting right with God is an example to someone else. I am looking for a second, third generational Pentecostal youth who's gone through propaganda and haven't succumbed to it. I really want to see that youth. I really do. I will ask many questions. How did you do it? What's your secret? How did you get past this and that? Because Nothing's new under the sun. And the weapons of warfare are ancient old. And our, our adversary, the devil, is like a warring lion seeking whom he devour. He's been at this for many centuries. But we have a great God. And we're going to hide the line, aren't we, church? We're going to hold the line. Amen. We're not going to have our sword being rusty anymore. We're going to take that stone and we're going to sharpen our stones. We're going to get into the word. Amen. 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 See, this is something I want to talk about, Lieutenant Haru Odana. When he returned to Japan, he received a hero's welcome. Even though Japan had lost the war, he held the line. And he was a folk legend. He was a legend. A statue made of him. And he, got to eat with, he got to eat with the emperor. Church, I'm looking forward to eating with our king. Sitting at our table. Amen. So would you stand with me and give God praise right now? Amen. Hold the line, my friends, and you will receive a hero's welcome.
Hold the line, my friends, and yes. you receive a hero's welcome. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you give us the ability to hold the line, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for that person, Lord God, going through that something, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, that you help them hold the line, Lord Jesus. Let them know, Lord, that they have soldiers fighting alongside them, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, let them know, Lord Jesus, that you will send that message for them to come home and that you will receive them into your kingdom hall, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, church. Amen.